Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. Yeah, yeah yes, uh, I'm, I'm Greg. Me, 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 me. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we're on opposite sides of the world. I don't know if all friends of the show truly understand that. And that Greg has drawn the short straw for the most part in, in being the morning person, which may change with some daylight savingses. Mm. But for now. I'm a morning man. He's sipping the coffees and I'm sipping the beers. Yeah, That's right. There's a Modelo and a flat white. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but Double Impact now has a Facebook group specifically for friends of the show. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's pretty spicy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Solid engagement. Thank you for everyone's uh, contributions. I'm enjoying it. Thank you. Yeah, we're really enjoying it. And, you know, there's a few reasons for it, wouldn't you say, Greg? The first is that we didn't understand why people weren't posting on our official Double Impact page and then we realized they couldn't. (laughs) And also, like, we we get quite a few DMs and it's hard to to keep tabs on them all. And and a lot of it is good content that is best shared with the broader community anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know, channel that greatness into the friends of the show uh facebook group which is linked in our mm. highlights on the gram if you can't find it you might find some like-minded friends you absolutely will there's good banter happening in there might meet your future partner you might yeah almost certain unless you like women <laughs> yeah i think there's like two women in there there's slimmer pickings and they're both married to us <laughs> they're both, both married to us <laughs> <laughs> and one's my mum, so back off. Um, that's three. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so as, as you know, as it's, it's early days. You know, we don't have a ton of people in there just yet. But after this announcement, we surely will. And we're looking for astute commentary. So, you know, often, often the material we get in the DMs is like, oh, you forgot about this thing that was awesome about that movie or this bit of behind-the-scenes stuff or did you know yada, yada, yada. Actually, I disagree with your take here, like, Bring it all in. That's what we want to chat about. That's mm-hmm. what we want. We want everyone to. It's an extension of the show. You know. Yeah. 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 It's part of the ecosystem, man. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we had to do a podcast. Oh yeah. The third podcast in a mini series titled "Lat Pack Past and Present." I need your clothes, your boots. And your motorcycle. <laughs> the world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. What are you wearing? Size three? Bring it, happy feet. Stop being such a pussy. Are you crazy? Could kill me. That's how winning is done. I did nothing. The pavement was his enemy. Dylan! Son of a Do we get the win this time? A present is a gift, present. <laughs> just like the lap pack. Yeah. Uh, we're back in 1987 again somehow. This is interesting because like two, <laughs> two of the old movies we're doing are in the same year and two of the new movies we're doing are in the same year. That's crazy. Mm. It's crazy. Wow. Wow. You know, as we do about this time, Greg, why don't, we, why don't you give us some uh, little member berry of 1987 before we get into the film? Yeah, love to. Um, so what I thought I'd do, given um, the origin story of the great and powerful He-Man, mm. um, I thought I would give a nod to the toy origins with uh, a sprinkling of the top 20 gifts that was on everyone's Christmas lift in 1987. Oh, I love these ones. These are my favourite ones, Greg. <clears throat> oh, there you go. Number one, laser tag. Laser tag, the game that moves at the speed of light from Worlds of Wonder Stadium not included. So there was like a full little kit happening. I never had this. Uh, but I think I remember seeing ads where yeah. the, guy, the two kids were in like a dark room running around getting each other. On my signal, begin. I can't remember if I got this and it didn't work. Or... I feel like it would be so janky. Yeah. Because it would have just been like infrared, like a remote control, surely. It wouldn't, have, couldn't be that sophisticated. Yeah. No, I think I did get this and it didn't work. It sounds really familiar. I I feel mm. an air of disappointment when you bring this up. 
underwhelming. Yeah. It was, it was very disappointing for one 19-year-old that was killed after, uh, in 1987 after police mistook his gun for a real gun. And oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> moving right along. Mm. Tyco Turbo Hoppers, that looks like a, uh, a remote control car. Mm. If it's the one and only Tyco Turbo Hopper, it's a winner. Get your kids the real Turbo Hoppers, only from Tyco RC. Did not recall. I got a remote control car one Christmas. Would have been about 1987, actually. And my brother, basically, my five year my brother's, you know, five years older than me, mm. which means a lot at, at, in 1987. Yeah. It's double. Double. Uh, so he, yeah, he just kept driving it around on Christmas morning till he crashed it and it wasn't working. Then dad returned it and mum said, I'll take Greg and get him something else, like when you get replaced. So dad goes, gets his money back for the remote control car. And it was a, Gun remote control car. Mum had bought it. She was the gift procurer. <laughs> and Dad's like, okay, you can pick something in the toy shop. And I remember like, oh, that. And he's like, nah. And I'm basically pointing to the top. You know, that's where like the yeah, cars were. Yeah, the good were. stuff. And then basically said, nah, go again. Uh, that. And basically worked <laughs> my way down the shelf until I was at the bottom <laughs> of those little, not even on the shelf, just on the floor they had those little boxes that you'd, Kind of the same boxes that you'd get your um, sweets in it that could have, yeah. could have had Zappos in it for all. That was the, the level ah. of quality we're looking at. And I'm like, that? He's like, bingo. And it was a $2 rubber bat. So you're saying dad, your dad made profit off of your birthday? Yeah. He basically <laughs> took <Got> the refund. <laughs> my Christmas present, got the refund, oh, Christmas, pocketed sorry. it, and got me a $2 bat. That's rough, man. And uh it's a it's a folklore story. He's like, you love that bat. I'm like, yeah, but I, it wasn't my first choice. It's a full it's teaching you life lessons, you know. Yeah, how to hate your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along, this is good therapy for me. Yeah, the Tommy Omniboy, which looks like a little robot. From just beyond your imagination comes Omnibot, the fully programmable robot with a memory. Omnibot, he walks, he talks. Hi, cutie. Amaze your friends. Wow. Intense. Refreshments, earth-type snacks. Impress your teacher, impress your girlfriend. Omnibot, there's romance. Take my heart. He's the lean, mean, pop and breakin' music machine. Yes, it's Omnibot, the fully programmable robot, available now in your neighborhood. You from Tommy. Hmm. These are all of these reek of disappointment. They're all making big promises that quality can't check. This yeah. there's, a, there's a picture of this. There's some good fodder here for the for the gram. This this particular robot in one picture is pouring a bottle of wine. So I'm assuming it's like a little butler for you and pours you wine after a hard day's work. <laughs> oh, I had some kind of robot. A wine pouring robot? Uh, I don't know because my dad lived in Singapore when I was a kid. There would be some weird shit he would bring back sometimes. I think this was a Singapore thing. It was like this robot that was really, I guess, mostly a remote control car mm. with a robot body on it kind of thing. And I can't remember mm. what it really did. Refreshments, Earth-type snacks. Fuck, that's, you just unlocked the memory. That's so weird. Mm. wonder what happened to that little guy. What's next? Keep going. The Fisher-Price PXL 2000. It looks like the um, voice recording thing from Home Alone 2. The PXL 2000 video system. Now you can be seen and heard. There's a lot of high-tech shit. Like mm, a lot of quasi-science, yeah. mm, futuristic stuff. Well, let me take it back a little bit. G.I. Joe's. Ah. Look out, Cobra. Better clear the road. Cause Joe's coming at you with an armored toe. For more firepower, Joe hauls in the coastal defender. The sides fold down to reveal a mobile missile station. It's right out in tunnel rack. But Cobra's fighting back with the boar. It's the ball. They were big in my world. They were like my number one toy if I was to look back on my childhood. G.I. Joe's, number one. That's interesting. I wasn't much of a G.I. Joe-man. Wow. I was a Ninja Turtles, etc. guy in terms of toys. Mm-hmm. Did you have one of those parachute ones? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. They were cool. They were cool. Yeah, peg them up in the air. Yeah. Go, go. All right, I'm just skipping ahead now because there's a lot of stuff in here that's a bit more. Oh, micro machines. Micro machines are micro machine pocket plates that sold separately from Galoob. The smaller they are, the better they are. Oh, fuck. Okay, that were big. I had the yeah, micro machines helicopter. Like micro machine. Oh. And it was like big, ironically. But then you fit all the micro that's machines why in it. Fit, fit the little ones in there. Yeah, oh, that was cool. that was a big ticket item. That was a big year for yeah. me. Yeah. 
Fuck, yeah. that was significant. <laughs> From Toy World in top ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've got rubber bats there. <laughs> Is that where you went? Probably. <laughs> Fuck, that, that was a special sense. year. Yeah. Yeah, a few things going on. Yeah. That's probably enough. Yeah. You get the idea. <clears throat> yeah. That just gives you a bit of a flavour for what kids were getting. Didn't have He-Man on that list, mind you. Well, that's interesting. We can get into that in the old origin story. Mm-hmm. But before we do, uh, why don't we talk about the films of 1987 just to, you know, bring everyone back because it was a big year for films, wouldn't you know? Mm. Uh, we mm. talked about it like a week ago, so I'm going to skip over it uh, in a lot of the details. But biggest movie of the year, Fatal Attraction. Smallest movie of the year, a little film called Masters of the Universe. Smallest film of the year. No, not not quite. It came in at number 62. Dolph's last movie that made the cinemas. (laughs) Probably. Why don't they just put him in a Thor movie? Put him in a Thor movie, you cowards. It was in Aquaman. Yeah. Well, I, was, I never saw that, though. I think I saw part of Aquaman. Yeah, I think I saw part of it. The beginning with Jake the Bus and then I got put. I, th- I heard it's good, though. I'll, I'll give it another chance at some point. Um, Masters of the Universe came out in uh, 1987. Budget of $22 million with a gross box office of $17.3 million. A, a bona fide flop. Hmm. Mm. Like, you know, we've done Dark Fate, we've done movies that have underperformed, but I think this is the first one where the top number is smaller than the number below it. Yeah. It's less than the budget. Doesn't take into account marketing, we think, maybe, probably. Yeah, we're pretty sure on that. We're pretty sure on that. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, critic score of 22%, audience score of 41%, critic consensus, Masters of the Universe is a slapdash adaptation of the He-Man mythos that can't overcome its cynical lack of raison d'etre. Never quite sure how to pronounce that. I think that, that'll do. No matter how admirably Frank Langella throws himself into the role of Skeletor, you're damn right. And I have waited so very long for this moment. Was this a big film for you, Greg? No. no. I don't think I'd seen it. Yeah, me neither. Was He-Man big for you? Yes. Yeah, same. He-Man was big for me. Um, yeah, I was a big He-Man. Yeah. <laughs> He-Man, man. Man, it's funny because I don't actually remember much, but I remember liking it. I remember being a He-Man. Man. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. I mean, it was very early in my life. Yeah. Um, but I remember, that, you know how you just have random like flashes of childhood memories at that age? Like I do... Have a have something in the memory banks of sitting on the floor watching He Man like it's in there. Yeah, I thought it was a Hanna Barbera. It's got that vibe, doesn't it? Well, see, this is interesting mm. because I was thinking about this, and not to give too much away, but in the origin story, I was surprised at how old the cartoon was. It was like eighty three mm. or something, and obviously, I wasn't watching anything in eighty three. Mm. I was, but a sparkle in in the. Corner of my mother's eye, or something. Mm. Or a, a semen in your dad's ball sack. I was, I there was a fork in the road, and I was deciding which which way am I taking this? <laughs> my <Am I> egg, or <laughs> well, I went for the nice version. Um, yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> but yeah, I was surprised because obviously I wasn't watching it in '83. I may have been watching it in '87. I don't know, but probably more, most likely the '90s. I'm watching He Man, but it came out in '83. And it got me thinking about how much of the shit we watched as kids in Australia specifically was old shit. Yeah. So I started looking them up. So I got a little I got a little recap here because I knew we both didn't have too many memories of this film. <laughs> <laughs> I needed some fodder to pad out this hour. <laughs> Kidding. All great content. Um, Super Ted. Oh yeah. That bear became Super Ted. What year would you say Super Ted came out? Oh, 83. Are oh, you close? 82. Finished in 86. What about Banana Man? Oh, 85. Uh, 83. Finished in 86. Mm-hmm. 
Now, here's where it gets fucking crazy. Well, yeah, it's starting to get crazier. What about monkey? As in, like, monkey magic. Oh, uh, 77. Fuck, man. That's very astute on your part. 78. But fuck, come on, it's pretty good. Oh, Finished in 1980. I, I nearly said eight, then I took it away. Now, there's no way I'm watching that until the 90s. I mean, okay, that's only mm. 10 years, but still. The fact that this is, these were like big shows for us as kids, like there wasn't other stuff. Yeah. And the biggest one, this is one of those ones you look back on as a kid and you go, that was a big show. Not sure why I watched it exactly. I guess it was on between other things. But Roger Ramjet, when do you think that came out? 60. Eight. <laughs> yeah, fucking close, man. 65. What was going on? Why wow. did we get all these old shows? That's so old. And he, every episode he would get into a jam and it's solved by taking a proton energy pill. Why yeah. not just take it at the beginning of the episode? I guess it's a short episode then when you do that. But man. They're already short, yeah. And then those little weird singing kids. Yeah, yeah. Roger Ramjet and his eagles fighting for our freedom. Fly through in and outer space, not to join them, but to be them. Roger and Jet, he's our man, hero of our nation. For his adventures, just be sure to stay tuned to this station. Yeah, man. He had a weird hat. Hey. And <laughs> a big chin. <laughs> Old chin hat over there. Um, <laughs> Ah, oh, reminiscing is fun. Hey, should I get into the origin story? Yeah. Origin story. Now, this is one of those ones where I felt like I had to go right back to the beginning, Greg, because it's obviously not based on a – it's not an mm. original script. It's based the on 60s. the thing that's based on a toy that's based on maybe Conan, maybe many things. Um, the history of He-Man, the toy that saved one company and – Bankrupted another. I think it saved, saved Hasbro and killed Cannon, basically, almost. One of the <laughs> final one of the final nails Mattel. in the coffin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mattel, sorry. Very stood on your part. They've probably merged with Hasbro. Yeah. Anyway, there was a cartoon called He-Man. Came out in September of 1983. 130 episodes, two seasons. Ended in 1984. It only went for two years. 130 mm. episodes. This was one of those shows, it wasn't a Saturday morning cartoon, it was an every morning cartoon. So you needed many, mm. many things. <laughs> <laughs> now, for some context here, I know there's there's a few things to unpack because it's a toy, it's a cartoon, it's eventually a movie. Um, but from a Mattel point of view, they hit the big time back in the 50s with the Barbie. Ah. Came out in 59. Didn't they what? They sure did. Uh, and then Hot Wheels. In 1980, no, sorry, 1968. Oh, man, these guys can't miss. Yeah. And then interestingly, in 1969, they made a little cartoon called Hot Wheels. <laughs> a Hot Wheels cartoon. Oh. <laughs> I was reading my notes and thought it was going to be called something else. Hot, hot <laughs> Wheels. Hot Wheels. And, you know, they're killing it. They're doing very, very well for themselves indeed. Now, fast forward to the 70s and you've got a little uh, little nerd who's made maybe one or two movies, American Graffiti and THX maybe. Uh, he wanted to make – he was making some stupid space movie and, you know, they, they approached Mattel to make the toys for it, a little film called Star Wars, and they were like, no, thank you. Sounds dumb. <laughs> I don't know if they said it sounds dumb. Um can't miss. Dramatized. They missed. They missed. Big mistake, huge mistake. So they're Can't win the them all. Biggest toy of all time, basically. Oh, imagine right? space space Barbie. Space Barbie. Well well kinda. So they needed to play catch up. I think they, they started, you know, getting the rights to other sci fi type things, but it wasn't quite hitting the mark. It's too late. It's too late. Or is it? Because enter Mark Ellis, marketing guy at Mattel, big fan of Conan. Yeah. Uh, there was no Conan movie at this point, by the way. So he was a big fan of Conan, I guess, books and comics. Is it a comic? I don't mm. know. And he's like, okay, let's take this thing to focus groups. Let's see what the kids want. He's a big sword and planet guy. <laughs> he is. Well, the, the focus group uh, just affirmed his 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 whole flavour because they said space, army and barbarians. So they kind of did all three. <laughs> 
They've got toy designer mm-hmm. Roger Sweet in. I uh, started working up some some concepts. His kind of big differentiator was like big buff dudes because, you know, even G.I. Joe's, they were quite small, right? Mm. Like I want big fucking dudes. Mm. And so he made these three guys. One was like an army-looking tank man. One was a Conan the Barbarian-looking guy. And there was some kind of third one. But they were pretty much the characters we end up with. The, um, the uh, What was the army man called again? Man of Arms or whatever. That guy. Man of Moustache, Arms. Moustache man. Um, moustache man, yeah. <laughs> moustache man. Copy of the blueprint. Yeah, very much. Oh, man, he was, that's good, good casting right there. Mm. Anyway, that, that became He-Man. Now, here's a weird little plot twist. Um, this was all happening, I guess, early 80s and I think 82-ish. The Conan movie was being made and they approached Hasbro to make the toy line for the movie and they initially said yes, signed contracts, worked up some concepts and then found out that the movie was going to be rated R and they bailed because that's 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 a death sentence for toys. Uh-huh. Kids aren't seeing the movie. It's 101. You can't want what you can't see. Yeah, exactly. This is a, I thought it was going to be a 90-minute ad for toys. You're not showing the ad to the kids? Mm-hmm. Anyway, they, they paid the fine. They got out of their contract. Uh, they continued building out the He-Man line, which at that point was called Lords of Power. Um, they start writing mini-comics to, to come with the toy to, to add some stories. So the kids buy the toy and they read little stories there. But then they also partnered with DC Comics to do like proper comics and they had a crossover with Superman and all kinds of shit. The toy comes out in 1982. They have a goal of $13 million in sales they got 32 million. This thing is huge. It got lots of attention. Um, some perhaps unwanted attention from the people making the Conan movie because they're like, wait, this looks like Conan. You said you weren't making Conan toys. What the fuck is this? Mm. Long story short, the, the, the court sided with, with Mattel on this one and they were fine. Um, next part of the strategy, of course, was the cartoon partnered with a company called Filmation, and the cartoon was born. And the masters of the universe. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull. Went for two seasons, as I mentioned. Uh, then we got Shearer in 1985. Some movie specials. It's pretty fascinating that the initial run really was only those two seasons, aside from a mm. few specials. It just kept running in syndication. It did start to die off a little bit. It was a big toy, biggest biggest toy. I think um, for the years that it was on the shelves, they said it was like 95% of Mattel's profit growth. Whoa. Um, but it was starting to lose steam. And so they thought, what do we do now? Make a shit movie. Yeah. Goddamn motion picture. The next Star Wars. So close. So close. Star Wars, but set in New Jersey. So they get director Gary Goddard, who we probably won't mention beyond that because he is a piece of shit. Mm, we we despise him. Yeah. For similar reasons that's prevented us thus far from doing Usual Suspects, which we want to do, but that director's also. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. He's good mates with this guy. Yeah, same same issue. But we can talk about the writer, David O'Dell. He wrote on The Muppet Show, Running Scared, The Dark Crystal. Oh. Could be one of our guys. What's Running Scared? Running Scared is the one with Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal. Mm. Yeah, they're like the original Odd Couple. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I assume there's tap dancing and racial jokes. So he writes the script, this uh, David O'Dell. And apparently, as expected, the original script, the original draft, had a lot more time spent on places like Eternia and Snake Mountain, places we know from the cartoon. Mm. Um, but there were some budget constraints, <laughs> uh. Uh, which meant they had to minimise characters, minimise special effects, minimise sets. And so really just set most of the movie in New Jersey, which is what the fans wanted, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so they had to cut quite a few characters like Orko because he was like floating around and shit. They didn't, they couldn't do that special yeah. effects wise. So they invented Gwildor instead, who was very mm. of the time, I must say. A very 87 character. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. In the background to this, Canon is going broke. I think budgets, I think budgets are getting cut during. Oh dear. So like things are getting rewritten. And then at some point, they, ended up realizing this movie is a bit of a Hail Mary and then they they just said, do whatever you want, just make it good. It's kind of too late. Yada, yada, good yada. Brief. We'll, we'll get into a bit more of the canon stuff later. I've got a bit on that. But Bish Bash Bosh, you got yourself a film. Yeah. Rat party down at the old uh, Snake Mountain Tavern. <laughs> Let's play the trailer. Oh, yeah. At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop him! A battle that will finally be fought. I want them to get out and draw to me! Across the face. Of Earth. I think I'm gonna need some backup. Can you show us the way? No. distant galaxy, they have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe, live the adventure. Well, there you have it. There you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened in this movie, Greg? Um, so we're in outer space. Yeah, you, know, you got this dehydrated, grumpy skeleton face guy. Let's call him Skeletor. I am Skeletor. So he lives in this weird castle outside. This, you got He-Man with his, some old bloke and his daughter. They're fighting Skeletor and his, like, army. He-Man, thank the sorceress you're alive. I've been looking for you. Um, they stumble across this little dwarf man. He looks like he's from the leftovers of the Jim Henson's cutting room floor. Pizza. Uh, his, his name's <laughs> Gwyndolf. Gwyndolf. Hi, I am Gwildor of Fedor. Locksmith and inventor. Uh, a skeleton's forces were hunting me down. A million blessings upon you for saving my life. Uh, now, of course, Gwyndorf is a locksmith. Uh, and he's created a key that opens portals. Uh, so they're having a battle. Keep working. Skeletor, I think they're losing. And so this guy's like, quick, get into the porthole. The porthole? Portal. So they jump in. <laughs> You all right? Trust that the Nuri to find a soft place to land. Uh, so you got Dolph, uh, He-Man, I mean, the man-at-arms and his daughter and Orko, I mean, Gwyndolf, and they <clears throat> fall through this portal <laughs> and guess where they land? Jersey. Jersey, correct, as you would predict. Um, so then they're having these new experiences in a foreign world. Uh, they eat some fried chicken. They find Courtney Cox. Carl, is that you? Uh, but the bad guys did too. Uh, so then Courtney Cox, she's got this ex-boyfriend and he's a musician. Yeah. Uh, aspiring musician. He finds the cosmic key and he's cruising around with the cosmic key. I guess you've seen one, uh, you've seen them all, right? And Skeletor knows that this key is the, you know, 
what will allow him to rule the universe. Uh, and then there's a police officer also, Tristan here, uh, aka Principal Strickland. He wants it on the action too, so he's buzzing around. Uh, so yeah, there's some bad guys and the good guys and the here on earth. They're running around blowing things up in this small town, Jersey. Oh, did I mention Courtney Cox's parents had recently died in a horrific aviation accident? Yeah, I uh, and she about wants that. to she wants to leave the town behind. It's very sad. Um, so then Skeletor just comes down himself. Uh, he's like, fine, I'll just sort this out. The final moment has come. So he comes down on his little floaty thing. Uh, and then he takes He-Man back with him and gives him some cosmic lashes, which seems to arouse both of them. <laughs> Me as well. It was a very sexual moment in the film. <laughs> yeah. And then um, that's... That's kind of the gist of it, Tristan. Yeah. I think there's a there's an ending. Oh, yeah, and then in the end, her parents aren't dead. Yeah, I had to. It was, <laughs> had, it was all a dream. So did she get, when they sent her back, did she just go back a bit earlier? Is that how that worked? So it's also a time machine. We'll never know. Because I don't know if they explained it. There's a good chance they did, though. It was hard to. <laughs> yeah. I watched this movie twice, Greg. <laughs> I watched it twice. It was hard not to multitask. Yeah, like Best of Intentions, I watched it early in the week. And um, I guess o- overall, net-net, this movie did win me over. I, I had a good time. Yeah. But I think uh, yeah. watching it, I really I was enjoying the, like the opening then in the middle I got real bored and then the phone kept coming up. It's it's a, it's a tricky situation because I put my notes in my phone but then then, then my phone's right there and then Yeah, you know. I, I know the I know the struggle. <laughs> I know and then I realized I I'm, <laughs> then I, I was like 3 quarters of the way through the movie and I realized I'm not giving this the attention it deserves. I'm going to start again mm. another day. So you skipped skipped back 20 minutes. <laughs> no, I was like literally 3 quarters because I thought it was ending and oh, I'm like wow. this has it's not ending. Um and also just I wasn't in the right headspace. It's been a crazy week at work. Uh, so then I started from scratch last night, drank like six beers, and it was the perfect nice. way to watch it. It was just in the zone, you know. It was I was too On lazy to be beer? multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> the middle still like it loses me a bit. But the ending I really enjoyed, man. Like their sword fight at the end, that was cool. All the all the sets and silly costumes, they were great. Dolph's just running around in undies. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> they were really bold on the costumes on this one. Mm. I feel like his outfit was skimpier than the cartoon. Um, but, yeah, yeah. by the end, I was a satisfied customer for real. I was like, yeah, okay. You know, this is, a, this is an oft-requested film from our friends of the show. Mm. So I was a little worried I was going to totally hate it. But I obviously I'm aware that I don't think people love this film for – for the script or the themes or the <laughs> – they love it because it's fucking He-Man and it's Dolph and there's all kinds of craziness going on. Yeah, there sure is. It hits a tone. It hits an enjoyable tone in 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 pockets. <laughs> how, yeah. how did you like it, Craig? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean I think you just got to take it for what it is. The, yeah. Um, there's a couple of big omissions though. Oh, yeah? Three key omissions – Firstly, yes, there was no Orko. We discussed that. That's a bit yeah. silly. Yeah. Uh, there was no Shira. Yeah. But she does come later. Was, or was she in the original cartoon? I, don't know, I thought she was in it. She had her own one as well. She was yeah. a big part of my uh, five-year-old sexual awakening, I would say. Really? Um, yeah. We had the horn for her. The, um, nice. nice. It's worth adding. I think Trey Parker and Matt Stone did as well. Because you know when they did those, like, boob cartoons? Uh, yeah. Kenny? That was heavy metal. Dun, 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 yeah. You know that. We got to do that 70s. movie. There's a movie called Heavy Metal that that was like. Oh yeah, up. yeah, yeah. That's right. I feel like I've seen bits of that, but it, yeah, it's, it's in that aesthetics. same wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so there's the, no Shira, and then finally his hair was just the, the where was the flowing bob? I know, he man. Just, Dolph just didn't bangs. have the volume required. Like, get the hair curlers out. Did they get cut in the budget? Just put a wig on there, man. Yeah. You know, like, Tyler, the like creator, that. uses a wig like that now, pretty much. Like, give him one of those. Yeah, just get Anton Chigurh's hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
They're around, man. Those wigs. Yeah, exist. that really made this movie unbelievable for me. <laughs> like the hair was just like, oh. and he's like he's a big, he's a unit, but he's not like he's quite a he's a lean unit. Yeah, he's like six six or something, right? He's a big, he's tall, which which I think so. I could be totally wrong about that, but no, I agree. Like he's you kind of short. expect you expect a Conan, um, you expect an Arnie, you know that kind of build. But I mean, yeah. he's in great shape. He's in great shape. Yeah, it's actually it's interesting that they were so. I'm not even going to say like cartoon accurate because it's like they went beyond the skimpiness of the cartoon, but they didn't go all the way to the hair. Why wouldn't they give him the hair? Yeah, yeah. yeah the hair strange. was like that's his whole thing. He's got the flowing bob. Yeah, yeah. That, that is the character. <laughs> yeah, his golden curls. So that was big for me. You know, I was just like, oh, it's really hard to get into that. You know what I think was also missing in this film or for big chunks of it. Um, he Man and Skeletor. <laughs> it was, it was just like, he like not been it that much, is he? Yeah, there was like huge. Like I'm watching the movie and I'm like, fuck, I haven't seen any of like these <laughs> these characters. We're spending a we're, we're half John Hughes '80s yeah, teenager thing, fully. Um, which conceptually sounds not bad. You know, take He Man, John Hughes, police cops. That kind of works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, but it, it did bring us a lot of you know aesthetic charms, you know a, a bit like Running Man. You know while while there's, I enjoy that mo- movie on on a few levels, but there are some script problems from day one, of course. Yeah, but um, yeah. similar on this one, aesthetic beautiful. You've got you got lovely matte paintings. You got you got the hologram things. Oh, of, yeah. um, enjoyed that uh, electricity. I can't get enough 80s electricity, Fluoro, fluoro. That's my shit. Yeah. I fucking love it. Coming out of the fingers. That's that's the best form of electricity. They mastered electricity in the 80s and they they ruined it. Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Running Man. Like that's the opera man in Running Man, you know. Oh, I love it. It's so visceral and loud and mm. like wild. Mm. I don't know how they do it. Um, and the sets, like the sets, the, the stuff in – E-Man Land, what's it called again? Eternia? Eternia. It, it looks kind of silly, but uh, it's real physical sets. i got to imagine like the, in real life they probably looked pretty impressive. Um, but you, oh, just yeah, had a, you just had a shit pedo director that probably didn't know what he's doing. But I don't know if you've mm. seen many like behind-the-scenes shit of Marvel movies and stuff. It all looks so silly. It all looks so s- stupid and then the final product looks so good. That I can imagine, like making this movie, it might have felt like where this is. Oh, we're making Star Wars, you know, because those big physical sets. Mm, I reckon grandiose. They would have been fun to work on. You, would, it would feel epic. I think it would feel epic. <laughs> Maybe but, you know. <laughs> uh, he didn't say by the power of Grey's Skull either, Greg. Did you mention that? Not one? once. No, that was also missing. He did. Say, he said, "I have the power." I have the power. Yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Maybe you're not allowed to say it if you don't have the hair to say it. Well, yeah, that's right. Could be. Could be. What do you think? The middle was basically a sitcom, right? We had we had all. What was his name? Wilford. What was his name? Oh, Gwyndolf. Getting up to hijinks and stealing ribs. Holding out on us, eh? <laughs> Just in time. I was going to share. I was going to share. Sure you were. Mmm. <laughs> Good food. Yes, I've never tasted anything like it. Mm. I wonder why they put the food on these little white sticks. Those are rib bones. You mean this used to be an animal? Mm-hmm. <sighs> and mm. tricking tricking that nice lady into eating meat. <laughs> I got not know what to say. I, I'm going to edit that into a sitcom. Throw some throw some laugh tracks in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would you for one of your resplices? Yeah, I reckon that's a that's a fucking easy one. <laughs> yeah, I guess because it is trying to be funny. I guess, I guess, yeah. But yeah, it was one of those movies. You know, we did Howard the 
We did Howard the Duck recently, which I think occupies a similar space in pop culture of so bad it's good, critically panned, but it has this devoted devoted fan base that's growing over the years, appreciating it for what it is. But there were also other things in there, I would argue. There's a lot of Star Wars in there. There's mm. basically like stormtrooper type guys. Yeah, very heavy on the stormtrooper. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember the cartoon that much, so I don't know if that's what they look like in the cartoon, but man. Big time. Um, part Thor, obviously Taika Waititi's drawing on things like He-Man and, and Flash Gordon now in the new Thor films. But mm. but even the original Thor film where he's basically in Asgard and then gets sent to Earth, like plot-wise it was almost the same kind of thing. Thieves. But I guess out of all of these, musically, Greg, <laughs> did, it, did it ring any bells for you when the theme started? No. Interesting. Okay. I got definite Superman vibes. Oh, yes. Yes. I'll play it, it's basically like Superman mixed with Star Wars. I'll play the theme. It's nice. This, for reference, mm, this is Superman. Yes. similar wouldn't you say uh, yes i would kent <laughs> and then it goes there's even like one that sounds like the the darth vader music later on when you see the stormtrooper type guys <clears throat> but the superman one is the closest and i was thinking like that's fucking crazy because it's fucking close but then canon films made superman 4 so maybe they had the rights or something i wonder because it feels like lawsuit worthy to me that's like pretty fucking close <laughs> Close. Actually, on that note, should we should we unpack some Canon Films business here? Because it's pretty fascinating. This was pretty sure. instrumental in its demise. Mm. There is a great documentary. I didn't. I was going to try and watch it this week called Electric Boogaloo, but I didn't watch it. Did you watch yes. it? I haven't. No, I no. forgot. I yeah. do want to watch it though. There's not enough hours in the day. There isn't. But uh, I'll give you. I'll give you the broad strokes of Canon Films, and then where this movie kind of comes in. So Canon Films started in 1967, low to medium budget films. It's a similar time to Roger Ramjet actually. Yeah, exactly. Um, Now I think guys like you and me, guys like friends of the show, we think of Canon Films, we think of Dudikoff, we think of Bloodsport, we think of um, Death Wish. Is that a Canon one? I think it is. We think of uh, of Lap Pack slash Martial Arts Pack. Um, But in the 60s, there was sort of more this in this exploitation movie space, lots of sex and violence. Um, There was one called Joe starring Peter Boyle in 1970 that was a really, really big one, Raymond's dad. Ah, yes, thank you. Then it kind of crashed and these two Israeli cousins, Manaham Golan and uh, Yoram Globus, bought the company for half a million dollars, 500K. Um, we've talked about those guys many times because they theoretically, I guess, technically discovered invented Van Dam. Yeah, exactly. Um, many things, but this is when it really became the canon that we know. Uh, the, Delta Force—that's another one. So, while we kind of know them for for that, they did make a lot of stuff. And even Roger Ebert says of this era of canon that no—he uh, said this in 1987. Funny enough. Um, no other production organization in the world today, certainly not any of the seven Hollywood majors, have taken more chances with serious marginal films than canon. It's fascinating. Yeah. And as I mentioned, they, they made Superman 4, big flop and, and, you know, part of their demise. But they also had the rights to Super, uh, Spider-Man, sorry. 
they owned the rights to Spider-Man that they bought off Marvel in the 80s for 255 k mm. So they were, they were about to make a Spider-Man movie. So Superman, Spider-Man, um, movie for one of the biggest toys in the world. Like they were, this was a real make or break moment. Like they, they're on the cusp of, this is almost Disney-esque in, in the IP that they're holding on to here. Like this is serious stuff. Mm. Mm. But if this sounds familiar, Greg, it's because I've talked about this before. Back on our mm-hmm. uh, kickboxer episode, yeah, where we we accidentally skipped Cyborg, so we talked a little bit about Cyborg, and because this movie flopped, and because Superman four flopped, um, two movies they were going to make they didn't get a chance to make, so they were going to make Spider Man and Masters of the Universe two at the same time, and they had all the costumes ready and everything, and then it all got canned. And so they made Cyborg using all the Masters of the Universe costumes they've made. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. If you watch Cyborg, which we have to circle back on for sure. We've had a friend of the show in, in the Facebook group pointed out that, like, there's a few Van Damme ones we missed in those early days because we kind of mm. didn't know what we were doing. We have to go back to that at some point. But, yeah, it is very much there, there is a common visual language between the two. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, Interesting. It's not as much stigmata in in this. That's true. Not quite. Not quite to the same level. Although I don't know what the script was for um, He Man Two, Masters of the Universe Two. But I wonder if there's any similarities, or is it just the costumes? Who knows? Well, I wonder. Or I wonder if the costumes influenced the story for Cyborg. They're like, oh, we're going to be. It was just made about a cop. We're like, but we've got these shiny suits. Well, it's a half human, half robot cop. It's very astute on your part. Man, I reckon you're right. I reckon that's 100% what happened. <laughs> a beautiful constraint, you know? Like, beautiful right. constraint, if I've ever heard of one. That's the kind of constraint you want. I got all these beautiful outfits. How do I stitch it together? <laughs> Get Baz Luhrmann on the this, line. I got all his underwear. <laughs> Get Baz Luhrmann. Oh, he's something else, isn't he? Um, hey, this is we're in lap pack land right now. I guess we should talk about Dolph, right? We never really cracked any criteria for like how we evaluate the lap packiness, but like we've kind of talked about his physical form for this movie. He's obviously jacked, but more, you know, not bulky, lean jacked. Mm. I mean, bigger than we'll ever be, but. Mm. Significantly. Not Mr. Univals. Acting wise, <laughs> left little to be desired. Um, it's his, it's yeah, his look, third movie, man. I wouldn't say it's his best performance. He's, yeah. His accent changes a few times. Yeah. He was pretty fresh. Yeah. He'd only made A View to Kill and Rocky IV. A View to Kill. And A View to Kill, like, he's, he's, in, he's in the background in one scene. Like he's not yeah, pre- exactly. He's not present. And he doesn't, let's be honest, he's got like, what, three lines in Rocky IV. Yeah, I will broke you. He's got about 20 lines in this. <laughs> Man, he's just the chemical engineer from Sydney Uni. That's true. Who posted that thing, the the Bill Nye and and mm. next to him and it's like he's a more qualified scientist than Bill Nye? He is. Actually, we should give the shout-out to that one actually, friend of the show. Yeah, that was good. Uh, from uh, Michael Mill, a friend of the show, who reminded us all very astutely, Bill Nye has a mechanical engineering degree whereas Dolph has chemistry, chemical engineering and another chemical engineering master's, I think, in Sydney, and Fulbright Scholarship recipient of MIT. Uh, also, a, a a IQ of 160 is a is a member of Mensa, <laughs> and third third whatever black belt in Kyokushin Karate and Euro World mm. Champion in 80 and 81. Like, goddamn, can kick and punch. I think yeah. he from memory of the story. Back in the day, I don't know if it's true. This was back, you know, when you're just sort of learning about him. He he entered some tournament as a like a green belt. I don't know the, the I don't know the belts in karate, but he was you know like a more a long way from black belt. But he was just just smashed all these black belts and won the really? title. Damn, he's pretty huge too. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's got skills, but he's also just huge. <laughs> yeah, oh, there would have been bigger guys than him in the comp because if you're heavyweight, yeah. Oh, yeah, fair enough. True, true, true. Um, that speed, that fast-twitch yeah, yeah, yeah. muscles. 
<laughs> All right, Wesley Snipes, take it easy. Sound like Wesley Snipes trying to sell me the Total Gym 2000. Do you remember those ads? Ooh. It works the fast twitch muscles and the slow twitch muscles. You've got to get the fast twitch, right? Yeah, that's what you want. 190s, 196. How tall is 196? Oh, that's like six centimetres taller than me, I think. Yeah, you'd be more than 190, wouldn't you? I don't know. What's I'm like 6'2 and a bit. He's, six, he's, about, he's, he's about six four and a half. Oh, no. Hang on. Oh, he's 6'5". Yeah, that's tall. That is tall, man. That's heaps tall. How the fuck did we make it this far into the episode without talking about Frank Langella? <laughs> I don't know. We've been talking about Dolph's hair. Yeah, I guess so. What, how did you, what did you make of Skeletor? He was good fun. I mean, it's a different take, I guess, because in the cartoon he's more like, <laughs> I'll get you, He-Man. Isn't it more like that? I think it is. Yeah, he's a bit more annoying Yeah. Look, that there was a bit going on behind those eyes. Yeah, it was good. Frank Langella's got some eyes, doesn't he? He really does. And even makeup-wise, the whole costume, his looked pretty good. And, yeah, his delivery was fucking mad. But what I, lo- yeah, what I love about Langella is he's asked about it all the time and he always says, like, ah, oh, fucking loved it. <laughs> That's really? one of my favourite <laughs> performances, like, my kid was obsessed with He-Man and I did it for him and I had a lot of fun. I like I so think acting-wise in that environment it was a challenge, but I got a clip here he talks about it. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, nice. My 4-year-old son was Skeletor. We bought him all this stuff and he'd run around the house saying, "I am the power." And Gary Goddard, the, the director, called me in to meet with him and it was a terrible script. Just awful. But I couldn't resist the, the the challenge of trying to make him real and believable. And I wanted my four-year-old, of course, to see me as Skeletor. I spent hours and hours and hours with Bud Westmore trying to get the look. And I pulled everything I could out of the man with a thousand faces. I would call Gary at two o'clock in the morning and say, look at this line I found. Tell me about the loneliness of good. Is it equal to the loneliness of evil? And we had many of those in the movie. Most of what I said was rewritten or ad-libbed on the spot. The film was not a great success, but over the years it's become a great camp movie. And many, many people over the years have said, how could you do that? You know, it's a great deal of superiority. And I would say, I think it's one of my best performances. I loved doing it. Oh, that is nice. Love it. Love it. That's a good attitude, man. That's a good clip, Tristan. That's one of your very – that's a very uh, enriching and beginning clip for the, for the story of He-Man. I feel embiggened. Yeah, from the, from the whip scene. <laughs> um, he was good in this movie, but I do feel like in, you know, wrapped up in everything else that's gone on in this movie, it does get lost a little. But I was watching like clips of – Best of Skeletor from the movie. And when you watch him in isolation, like, it's good shit. Where is your strength? Where is it gone, man? Look at your precious sorceress. An old crone, weak, withering, dying. Are you ready to kneel now, proud warrior? The moon rises to its apex. <sighs> Here, huh? The Alpha and the Omega, death and rebirth, and as you die, so will I be reborn. Mm, best performance in a uh, live-action remake of a um, toy cartoon. Yeah, special. If you showed someone that hadn't seen the movie just that clip, you'd be like, oh, I mean, that's that's better than any acting in Star Wars, I would argue. Star Wars is pretty bland acting. Mm. So he's, he's done Except done for well. the delightful Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Jim Jam Bonks, I think you mean. Sorry, Jim Jam Bonks. <laughs> well, they can't all be Jim Jam Bonkses, Greg. Uh, that is true, if only. <laughs> Too much of they didn't. I'm waiting for the, um, for the Disney Plus Jim Jam Bonks <laughs> special to drop. A dark and gritty origin story. That would be nice. It totally. <laughs> writes itself. Man, it's a good point. A lot of these new things, they, they build in like redemption of old shitty characters. Like 
the new Spider-Man, bringing back Andrew Garfield, which in the, you know he had the shittiest Spider-Man movies. I think that's like a it's like a it's like a strategy. Mm. They just fix these old things up, make make you think you like them. Well, we're waiting. We deserve it. Waited so so very long for Jim Jambox. <laughs> Man, did you see the Barbie movie shit? I've seen that it's a thing. Have you seen Ryan Gosling? That image that went around the internet the other day. Yeah, his hair doesn't look right either. <laughs> yeah, true. It's very, it's very interesting, Tristan. I, I actually hadn't joined the dots, but it's interesting, isn't it? Obviously, a Mattel classic being made into live action as we speak. Exactly, because in many ways, you would think of this film as a very specific time capsule of the eighties. And yeah, I mean, a, a movie made out of a kids' cartoon and toy. But man, Barbie is on the way, mm. and like we said, Th- Thor is basically riffing on this shit at this point. And and another thing that this film did that is very now uh, a post credit scene. I didn't see it. I ran from the I ran from the TV as it finished. <laughs> it was just Skeletor saying, "I'll be back." No, he doesn't have that voice, does he? He said, "I'll be back." I'll be back. Did you hear about Pig Boy? No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> Pig Boy is, uh, I guess this guy's an internet celebrity now or something, but there was a competition for fans of the cartoon that if you won you could be in the movie and you get to play a little henchman or something called Pig Boy. Oh. I'll post an image on the gram. So there's a little boy in it with a pig face. But that's so shit. You get in the movie and then they cover your face. Like, don't you want to, you want to be able to tell your mates? That's me. Pig Boy. Pig Boy. I'm Pig Boy. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, man. Maybe they're like, well, you can come, but you got to sit in the chair. You got to get the makeup done. It's, it's, it's not all, it's not all Tinseltown and orgies. You gotta learn, kid. Yeah. Well, fuck with that director. Oh yeah. Oh dear. Moving on. Keep going. Do you know what? So the legacy of He-Man continues. There's a He-Man podcast. In fact, I think there's multiple. Well, there's lots of. There's been two Netflix cartoons. Three. Shira as well. Yeah. Shira and the Princess of Power crushes it. It it won like daytime Emmy. Apparently, it's um. Really? It's high, indexes very highly on um, diversity and inclusion. And right. uh, as such has won a daytime Emmy or two. That's cool. How does that count as daytime? Um, it's Netflix, isn't it? You can watch Netflix in the daytime, I suppose. I guess so. I wonder if that's a strategy because it's easier to win daytime Emmys. Mm. Maybe we should enter the daytime Emmys, Greg. Yeah, 100%. Are they commuting Emmys? That would be right in our wheelhouse. Mm, Monday morning Emmy. There was, yeah, so there's like a She-Ra and then there's two not connected He-Man cartoons. Mm. And Griffin, Griffin from Blank Check is Orko in it, in one of them. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I think um, Kevin, um, what's the direct, Kevin Smith directed it or made it? Oh, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And Courtney Cox probably deserves an honourable mention. She, oh, of her, course. Her star shone quite bright. It was quite clear she had a bit of X Factor, I thought. Yeah. I guess at this, where was she at this point? Was Had she done the Bruce Springsteen thing yet? I don't know. Maybe Have you seen that? She, she's in the video. Is it Dancing in the Dark? Mm, something. Courtney Cox. What have we got here? Beginnings and early roles. Oh, yeah. Dancing in the Dark was the first one, yeah. 84. Mm. Okay. Misfits of Science in 85, that was a TV show. The Love Boat, 86. Murder, she wrote, so she's doing little bit parts. Girlfriend of Michael J. Fox in family in a Family Ties episode. There you go. Okay. But Masters of the Universe seems to be the first film, movie, movie film. Mm. And then it wasn't really until Ace Ventura, I suppose, that she's really, you know, in the cultural zeitgeist. Um, at least for small children. And then she was in an episode of Seinfeld with the maple syrup and such. When did when did Friends when did Friends start? Yeah, good point actually. Ninety four. Ninety four, yeah. I'm a big Courtney Coxman. I enjoy uh Courtney Cox. She's got she she's got something for sure. Yes. Yeah, sure does. 
More Courtney Cox. I guess we'll do her more when we do Ace Ventura at some point, which I'm a little scared to do. Love that movie. Mm. Um, All righty then. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm going to be embarrassed watching that movie because I'll just have all of my flashbacks to trying to act like Jim Carrey as a child. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I used to embarrass my sister so much. Uh, Should we get into the verdict? Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for, huh? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Man, overall for me, I t- I was, like I was saying, this movie kind of lost me halfway. But by the end, I was like, all right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I, will, I will watch this okay, again. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if this is becoming a niche category of mine. But again, if I owned a bar, I'd put this up on the screen. Like it feels like, I think it's just the, ast- I guess that's a long way of saying the aesthetic is, is big for me. I enjoy it so much. Mm. You know, not really watching it for the plot. Watching it for the lats, baby. What about you, Gregory? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a comedy. Yeah, for sure. It's a laugh. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't hate it just because it was so silly, but it took me a couple of goes to like try and watch it. <laughs> yeah, if someone could edit it down to thirty minutes, fuck, I'd watch it once a week. Yeah, yeah. There's probably that's probably a good shout. There's probably um, a good thirty minutes in there. Just cut out the middle. Yeah, I'd like to see Skeletor's backstory. Speaking of backstories earlier, you know, there's a lot, as I said, going on in old Frank's eyes. Yeah. He's waited oh so long. What's he been doing? And he's a skeleton. He's a tortured soul. He's a tortured soul. A skeleton that is also muscular. How does that work? Never understood that. Well, these are one of the things. It's like the skeleton is on the outside of his face, mm. like a, a external skull, like a like a lobster. A bit of explaining there would be good as well, um, <laughs> for sure. Sure. Yeah, give us a dark and gritty Christopher Nolan that explains very rationally how that happened. That'd be nice. Yeah. I'm into that. Like like a very extremely serious <laughs> Skeletor prequel. That'd be funny. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, did Simpsons do it? Makes him tick. I found some light Simpsons references to He-Man more generally, but nothing that really translates in audio. Um, mm. porn, porn parody, on the other hand. Ewie. Many. <laughs> The one with the best name and logo. I keep thinking, fuck, I've got to post these on the gram. I always forget. Um, he come and the masters of porn. Mm. It's not even, it's like not even clever. It's just like, let's just get some dirty words in there. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, juxtaposition there, yes, porn parody, but also, yes, Bechdel test. One of the yeah. rare, especially for Lap Pack, Bechdel test, it passes, man. We have, yeah. we have quite a few female characters with names and they talk to each other about other shit than men. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not bad. FX test. I like the electricity. <laughs> <laughs> and then the holograms. Hey, there's some pretty bad FX in here. Those, that, that hoverboard scene is like oh, yeah. all-time I, bad. So that came up with a trailer and I – I felt like I saw that for the first time. I must have. Been, I oh my that god, it's so bad. <laughs> it's like it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. You know, it's it's like the stuff on on Eternia looks better because it's already you know you're in a weird setting. But like trying to do that weird shit in Jersey, it's probably harder to pull off because you know bit. there's too much realism around it. You know, mm. yeah, big mistake. Mm, too mistake. much Windorf. Do you know any recasters on this one? I, I didn't know. No, just Tom Selleck for Man of Arms. Fuck, man. Big time. Yeah. It's very astute on your part. It's good. And I feel like it's probably more of an Arnie movie than Dolph, if I could be sacrilegious and say that. Yeah, that's a good point. There, I didn't crack a specific casting, uh, a specific actor, but I also did like the idea of He-Man and Skeletor being played by the same actor. Oh, there's some oh. layers there, yeah. Whoa. So maybe That's Mike deep. Myers, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does have a track record. 
Do I have the power? <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, I guess that's it. Oh, MVP. I guess Frank Langella. There's, there's not many. Yeah, not many, okay. Uh, not much of a short list. Yeah, not Dolph. <laughs> oh, man. What are we, oh, so we're doing more Dolph next week. Universal Soldier. In the future past. Day of Reckoning, I think. Is that the good Which one? Is, we'll find out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's an interesting one, I believe. It also mm. means we've got some JCVD in there. And some uh, some new generation lap pack. Oh yeah, Scott Adkin. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good at it, man. Gotta tell you, yeah, I watched most of it a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, more on that next week, man. He's got the kickies. Yeah. Oh, I'm pumped for this. This is like a legit new action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the one? Oh, is this the one that's got like Andre Arlovsky and stuff in it as well? I think so. It's quite out there, man. It's it's like. A Nicholas Winding Refn movie. It's like there's long parts with no dialogue, very visual. Mm. It's kind Keep of going. It's almost like an art house lap pack. So more on that next week. Well, stay tuned, people. <clears throat> Make sure you watch it. All right. Well, I got to go eat some tacos or something. And oh, you man, got a stop Sunday to have. Sending me pictures of all your delicious tacos. <laughs> it's not fair. I'm doing Taco Body by Tristan. It's uh, working oh, out pretty well for me. So good. I have the side profile of a taco now. <laughs> Stop telling me this. <laughs> There's just so many tacos around. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. How diverse are you going in your in your quest for tacos? Is it? Uh, it's probably like three or four places. Oh, forget about it. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty more. I'm not even having the best tacos. I'm just having convenient tacos. Mm. Uh, but I would argue they are the best ones. Anyway, uh, yep, more on tacos next us. week. <laughs> um, see you next week, gang. Hey, don't forget to continue the conversation over on uh, Double Impact Friends of the Show. Yeah. The Facebook group built for you by us, FUBU for short. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you there. FUBU. Bye. FUBU. I have reason to believe that our nation is once more endangered by that most evil of all mad scientists, Dr. Watt. Who? What? No. Hold it, Ramjet. We did this shtick in an earlier episode. Our spies tell us that Dr. Watt is up to something. We fear he's about to strike, but we don't know where or when. Oh, it goes like this, General. It seems we stood and talked. Ramjet, you have the brain of a fruit fly. Now get busy and find out what's what with Dr. Watt. And as Roger pondered, let's see if we can find out just what's what with what.